0: better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
1: Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com support. This is
2: the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, August 7th, 2018. In Los
1: Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt.
3: And from Studio Feline, I'm Scooter Lane.
1: And from the European headquarters in Finland, I'm Patrick Beja. You're
2: right. It is our European headquarters. That's well, amazing. Yes. I love it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, I also, do too.
2: I, I paused on the date because I had yesterday's show lineup in front of me for some reason, but I'm, <laughs> I'm all good now. Everything's fine. And it was not the fault of our amazing producer, Roger Chang. Roger, how's it going? Don't throw me under the bus. No, I just pulled you out from in front of the bus. I stopped Pushed you like away. A
1: superhero
2: of tech news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we start with a few tech things you should know? Let's...
3: We shall. Google announced updates to its Google for Education suite, consolidating dashboards and improving management and feedback to students and teachers. Starting this fall, Google's AR Core software development kit or SDK will support the Acer Chromebook Tab 10. That's the first Chrome OS tablet and the first non-smartphone to use ARCore.
1: Amazing. The old version of Skype was scheduled to stop working in September, but now Therat.com notes that uh, that the Skype team has given it a reprieve. The Skype team posted to its forums that it is extending support for Skype 7, also known as Skype Classic, for, quote, some time, unquote. The team added that they are working to bring requested features to Skype Eight.
2: I love that they're like for some time, and you can keep using it until then, whatever <laughs> that is. Uh, at nine forty-eight a.m. Tuesday, August seventh, that's this morning as we're recording it. Elon Musk tweeted, i "Am considering taking Tesla private at four hundred twenty dollars. Funding secured." An hour later, trading of Tesla shares was halted because of all the craziness around that. Weed joke or irresponsible executive disclosure? In any case, if you're mad, he was just joking, okay? Lighten up. If you're not mad, uh, he'll take it private.
1: Although, I mean, 420 <laughs> bucks for Tesla seems like a good deal. I 420
2: think should... man. man. Uh, it's trading at around 300 plus right now, so it was above the current price. That was. Oh, you
1: mean the stock. I thought it was the company. Okay. <laughs> well, that changes things.
3: Uh, moving on to red sharing, at least uh, on the roads the UK is getting a new alternative to Uber after India-based ride-hailing company Ola announced plans to expand into the country it'll be its first market in Europe
2: Uh, let me just say that uh, Patrick is funnier than Elon Musk at least today all right let's
1: talk (laughs) about what's up with Instapaper Patrick Right. Well, Instapaper is reintroducing its $2.99 a month Instapaper premium subscription service, which was made free when Pinterest owned them. Now that they're independent, they uh, need to make money again. What do you know? However, the core bookmarking and parsing feature of Instapaper will continue to be available for free, but you won't have to pay for six months if you're in the European Union, woohoo! That's uh, by way of apology for taking so long to make Inza Paper compliant with the GDPR which it now is. Instapaper is also posting its privacy policy to GitHub, where you can view a versioned history of all the changes.
2: I love that idea. I, I wish more companies would, would put their privacy policies on GitHub so you could track it, or at least somebody could track it and kind of see what happens. That's really cool. Uh, but yeah, what uh, this doesn't seem to be impacting most people, right? And, unless they're using something that doesn't work. But uh, here's another story of a company that, that had to kind of wind down in europe for a while while they caught up
3: yeah i mean under pinterest instapaper i have not been using it but i i did use it in the past i think it's a wonderful service and eh, the fact that they're um throwing six months free for anybody who was like hey i haven't even had this service since may uh that's a good measure um and the premium portion of it i'd be curious to know if if anybody on this panel would would pay for that, I never have. No, nope, neither. Um, you know, more more of a bookmarking service rather than anything.
1: Yeah, I haven't really uh, been using it. I mean, two two ninety nine seems like a reasonable price if you're ha- getting some serious use out of yeah, it. Totally. And the kind of thing that some people might do just to support the company. I do that with Fiddly, for example. Sure. I don't really use the premium features, but yeah, so.
2: There are a few things that established media giants agree on, but two of them are, one, that somebody needs to make bite-sized video to compete with the likes of YouTube and Facebook, and two, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Meg Whitman are the ones to do it. That is why Disney, 21st Century Fox, NBC Universal, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Viacom, Warner Media, Lionsgate, MGM, ITV, Entertainment One, and Alibaba, the Avengers of media companies, have assembled to give New TV $1 billion in seed funding. New TV plans to launch by the end of 2019, that's next year, with a premium lineup of original short form series, around 10 minutes each. The service will have two subscription tiers, an advertising free plan and an advertising light option that you still pay for, according to Meg Whitman. The company will license programming and won't own or produce any shows itself. Yes, friends, the idea behind Vessel is back.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, it seems they're selecting people who will produce content, right? They're not opening it to everyone, is my understanding.
2: Correct. 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 They so, are they are going to these investors, every media company on the planet, uh, and saying, "You guys provide the great stuff from the Mark Burnetts of the world, and we'll put it on this platform, and the millennials will eat it up on their phones."
3: The Mark well, Burnetts I mean, of the world, but also the bite-sized versions of this, which correct. you know, up until now, it's like, sure, there's lots of content on YouTube, and obviously, all of the competitors at all sorts of lengths. But when you go to Hulu or HBO or Netflix, or it's sort of like it's a movie or if it's a TV show, it's an hour or it's half an hour. So the idea that something would be uh, being built under the premise that there's a lot of really good shorter form content that doesn't really fit in other places is... I mean, I like the idea of it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This <laughs> I think the, is the premise is,
2: is seriously flawed. Uh, I think just because people watch a lot of video on their phone and a lot of it's around 10 minutes doesn't mean that they're crying out for a service that gives them premium 10 minute videos. Although, I reused Mark Burnett because The Voice, which Mark Burnett produces, had a very successful mini version on Snapchat. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe these folks have got something that they're seeing like, oh, this kind of thing works on YouTube and this works on Snapchat. And this works on Instagram, what if we had it all available in one service? I just don't see people paying for that.
1: Well, it could be very interesting. Um, It could be good content. I just think it has nothing to do with YouTube. Uh, the, The reason I was asking if they're opening it to everyone is that the content people want to see on YouTube is coming from it's very grassroots so that's a completely different kind of well the idea
2: uh, is we're going to pay people who do it really well and so people yes, will and be willing that, to pay for
1: it yeah absolutely and that is a fundamental not mistake but difference with youtube i think it's a completely different
2: well but there's youtube and youtube right there's also youtube premium but we really are talking about the successful channels on youtube that you only pay if you want to get rid of the ads otherwise you can watch it for free
3: I, and- I, I do agree with you, Tom, that no one's, you know, well, probably somebody is, but not many people are like crying out like, we want 10 minutes shows rather than 30. <laughs> but I do think that there have been these silos where something has to be, it's, if it's a feature film, it's this long, you know, or it's a short film. And I think the idea of... um being able to, uh, you know, identify good content at lots of lengths is a good thing for us sure, going forward.
2: Sure. I just don't know that people want to pay for for that. Uh, and right. new TV this says is also we are, not we even
3: are, coming out for over a year.
2: New TV is very clear. We, they are not trying to compete with HBO and Netflix. They're not trying to make movies. They're not trying to make TV shows. They're trying to make something mm-hmm. new. And I do applaud them for taking the risk. I just am skeptical on this one myself.
3: Well, let's talk about what Firefox is doing. Firefox is launching an experimental browser extension called Advance, which offers up content based on what you're currently reading and your recent browsing history. Read Next recommends related articles based on your current tab. And the For You section uses your recent history to populate its recommendations. Advance is powered by a machine learning startup called Laserlike. First, this
1: is really interesting.
2: Yeah. At first, I was and, hoping this would keep your data local because it's an extension, but it doesn't. Laser-like still has your data. They do give you control over when it's collecting. You can turn it off and say, I don't want it to be collecting right now. You can go in and delete data at any time. It's some of those things you kind of have to do under GDPR anyway. Uh, so it's not as great as I thought. But it's also totally optional. It's not something that's going to happen opt-out. It's something you have to install.
1: But The idea that this seems like something Google should have thought yeah, of. Yeah, I agree. It's the idea that they will look at everything you're interested in, essentially, what you're browsing and recommend stuff based on that is an incredibly Google thing to do. I mean, that's Google and now. It's, that's what... It, it's what, what obvious.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what Google Assistant is supposed to be doing. This is just... I don't know. There's something about this. we like, oh yeah, no. If I'm looking at, a, at a, an article and on the, and there's a left panel that says here, are other articles like that, that saves me so much time rather than going back and forth between a Google mm. search and, and tabs and all of that.
1: Yeah. Or even, you know, based on what you've been interested in for the past year, it will pop up something that you might be interested in as well mm. and recommend it to you. That's Yeah. The information reports that people who own devices with Amazon voice services rarely use them for shopping. Of about 50 million users, 1 million tried it for shopping at all, and about 100,000 reportedly bought something by voice more than once. The Echo and similar devices are mostly used for listening to music, asking about the weather, and setting timers
3: that's what i use mine for <laughs> listening to music yeah. asking about the weather haven't set a timer yet but i was like hmm, that's a good oh, idea yeah.
2: now i use mine for cooking timers all that's the
3: time a, that's a really good call because because my sonos one is is out, out in my kitchen that, that mm-hmm. would make a lot of sense i have never bought anything through my smart speaker i i, I didn't not do it because i didn't want to, but it's not the sort of thing i guess if you if you had something from Amazon that you knew you had you already wanted you didn 't have to see a photo you didn 't have to read reviews, none of that stuff, sure uh you know add it to a shopping list of some kind, but I do understand that a lot of folks are like. I'm talking to the wind. <laughs> I kind of, you know, I want to look at my cart. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm buying what I think I'm buying. And I, I don't, I don't know anybody who's really buying anything via voice. And I'm not just talking yeah. about Amazon voice services; just any of them.
1: Clearly, very few people are. Um, yeah. It's surprising to me because, I, you know, I got, um, I got the. Uh, the, the Amazon Echo very recently and I don't find it all that useful and I figured, oh, maybe people usually use it to buy stuff. You know, Amazon designed it for that and it turns out not really. Um, yeah, I never want to buy anything
2: through Amazon because I'm, I just don't trust it. I'm like, I need to see that I'm looking at the yeah, right exactly. page and it's the right size and the right account and like, do you want to buy the same thing as last time? Well, I don't know. What if, the, what if they've shifted something about that? I've run into that too many times. Using an actual web page where I should have been able to see. I don't sure. want to voice for that. Yeah,
3: exactly. Where you're like, oh, wait, I actually bought two in my card. I, you know, now I can see, like, go back to one. That would be hard to do voice alone.
2: Yeah. Uh, West Virginians serving overseas will be able to cast upcoming federal election ballots using a smartphone app. I'm going to repeat that. West Virginian service people, people in the military, overseas, not people in West Virginia. It's a limited number of people, it's absentee ballots for military people are going to be able to vote on their phone west virginia secretary of state mac warner and boston based app developer votes spelled v o a t z say the technology is secure Voters register by taking a photo of their government-issued ID and a video of their face. Upload both of those through an app. State officials will let each county decide whether they want to opt in. Counties can say, you know what, we don't like this, we're not going to do it. Uh, And paper ballots will be available as an option for all of the voters if they're like, on their end, like, yeah, I'm overseas, but I I don't trust this, I don't want to use my phone. Last Thursday, I posted a column on Patreon.com slash DTNS about how blockchain works in voting based on the test West Virginia did in two counties last May. So this is not them doing it for the first time. They did it in the primary in May in two counties. They did four audits on that. So they're not rushing into this. Securely identifying people can be done. Now, I'll have the link to that column in the show notes. Votes on a blockchain are, in fact, more tamper-proof than paper ballots. But when it comes to maintaining anonymity while also verifying the registration, that's when it gets tricky. There are absolutely great ways to securely identify someone. There's absolute tamper-proof blockchain practices. That stuff isn't hard. The question is, is Votes doing it? But it's not hard. Being able to keep anonymity and verify is the tricky part. And Votes doesn't explain how they do any of this, nor have they published their source code for wider review. Besides those four state audits, we don't know if this is good. And Gadget notes that security researcher Sarah Jamie Lewis of Open Privacy Research says Votes uses what she calls weak single user blockchain technology. So she's saying they could be using solid blockchain technology, but in her opinion, they aren't. And that ends up just being a database she 's like it 's not really having the tamper proof benefits of a real blockchain, uh, and we don 't know how they 're able what are they using zero knowledge proofs? what are they doing for verification and anonymity so the biggest problem with this is the fact that we don 't know how it 's operating there not is not enough transparency around it, but it 's exciting to see somebody try if they were going to do more transparency and share what they learned with other governments, other state governments, other federal governments. Uh, it would be really exciting because it absolutely can be done. And the way you get past those tricky parts I was talking about is to get it out there in the wild and and, and try it. I know that sounds risky, but you know that, that that is unfortunately the way technology works sometimes.
1: And it seems if you're going to do something a little bit risky there, this is a very contained test case. Um, so... Mm.
3: <laughs> well the fact that the 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 state of West Virginia has been testing this. Um the fact that the, the Boston based company votes, which I called VoAT in headlines this morning, <laughs> is also like, we're good, you know, and you sort of think like, okay, government ID plus a video, you know, showing that, you know, this is the facial recognition where, you know, you 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 tie the two together. Well, that also sounds fine and good. But the fact that votes isn't saying, and here's exactly how we're better than a database for any security researcher who's like this is a really bad idea well that's a little troublesome because especially in the US people are uh you know paranoid for for good reasons and you know sometimes just paranoid about the idea of voter fraud
2: yeah it's it it needs to have more than a single user uh, blockchain. That the, the benefit of blockchain That's the thing that is, is, is that the public ledger corrects itself because there are, exactly. there are so many eyes upon it, right? That, that could be fixed. Uh, and in fact, in my column, I do point out that Brazil, Denmark, South Korea, Switzerland, and of course, the most cutting edge country on the planet, Estonia, have all had experiments with blockchain-based voting as well. Uh, so this that part isn't new. I don't know why they're doing it that way, uh, except that maybe they're trying to keep things proprietary, and that goes into our wider point. Uh, but the the real big one is what kind of encryption are you using to do zero-knowledge proofs? And again, if you're like, what is that? Go to my article because it explains through through analogy how that works. Uh, but it's a way to say, I can prove that you are the person you, that you are registered to vote without finding out who you are. That is, that is a mathematical thing that can be done, but it's tricky to implement. And we don't have any idea that they're even implementing it. And if they are, how? Do you want me to explain zero-knowledge proofs now?
3: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade offs between intelligence, speed, and cost.
0: From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Or should we move
2: on?
3: I, I mean, could, why I, not?
0: I could tell you a
2: great story about Becky and <laughs> Peggy. No, it's Peggy. Peggy and Victor are the, uh, the folks. I mean, the short, short version is there's, there's two paths to a door that you can't see and peggy goes down the path whispers the magic word that opens the door so victor can't hear it walks through the door walks up the other side proving that she knows the magic word because she walked up the other side but victor d- doesn't know what the magic word is
1: that was more confusing than it should have. Yeah. Been.
2: Does victor get to vote? No, Victor's, victor victor <laughs> no. This is showing how you can prove something without giving away what it is. Right. Peggy right. wants no, to prove course. to victor I know the magic word that opens the door at the end of this path, but I don't want you to know what the word is. Victor's like, prove it. So he stays up at the top. She goes down. It's a circular path. She goes down one side, whispers the magic word, goes to the door, comes back the other side. She couldn't go back up the other side if she couldn't get through the door that's blocking the path.
1: So does the door vote?
2: (laughs) Now, wait, are you mess? Are you trying to understand or are you just having fun?
1: Uh, the, the You know, we've reached the allocu- uh, allocated time for this story in the uh, rundown. So, unfortunately, you'll never know.
2: Uh... <laughs> oh, right.
3: the French.
2: Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. That is entirely understandable. Last week, we told you how Epic Games is making its Android version of Fortnite Battle Royale available from its website, not... Through the Google Play Store, sometime this summer anyway, Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney told TechCrunch, we believe gamers will benefit from competition among software sources on Android. Today, Bloomberg's Emily McCormick wrote, the move threatens Google and highlights weaknesses of its Android operating system, especially compared with Apple. She cites a lot of analysts who are drawing lines between what Epic is doing. Uh, the fact that the EU, through uh, legislation and, and and fines, is trying to force Android to allow competing app stores. And what messaging apps like Line and Kakao and WeChat do by creating app and payment platforms within their messaging apps that subvert the app stores. Uh, this is, this is a, a pretty new thing in the gaming world for sure, right, Patrick?
1: Yeah, it is. And I think it could end up being a momentous, uh, momentous moment uh, in, in the life of the, this OS. I was going to say these, but as Emanie McCormick is pointing out, uh, this really only concerns Android because Apple has it locked down. And, um, Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic Games did say if we could do it on Apple on iOS, we would have. Uh, well, he can't. So Apple is doing something not right, but something to protect the their revenue model there. But the, I, I think, you know, this is something that only Fortnite could have uh, done at this juncture. Because it's it, so it popular? Because it's so popular that everyone is going to rush and try to get the game from wherever it is available. Um, I think it's something that is very daring that now that now that it is being done or it will have been done will seem a lot less uh, daunting than it did a couple of months ago. So that could uh, become a a little bit more threatening to Google than it seems now. Uh, the, The question is, could someone else have done this? I'm not sure they could have. It's really hard to overstate how popular Fortnite is. Uh, I think the latest estimates are 125 million players at the moment. It is really setting the gaming world on fire right now, and I think the the, the regular world as well. You you. There's isn't a week without a, an athlete doing a fortnight dance on the field, um, so it, it's something that the the Epic Games company has a lot of power uh, and weight uh, with. I, I think one of the questions is: is this a purely financial decision? Uh, because obviously, bypassing the Google Play Store means they don't have to pay 30 percent to Google on every transaction. Um, and this is something that is probably the go-to reason for most people. I'm sure you know, um, you would probably cite this as the main reason, right? Uh, for doing this, I
2: think what's interesting about this is, yes, if you tell most people you have to go outside the Google Play Store, and I know there's a lot of side loaders in our audience, but the general populace doesn't want to do that. They're like, "That sounds hard. I don't want to do that." But Fortnite is so ridiculously popular, and people are so committed to playing it that it is more likely to cause someone who wouldn't otherwise bother to say, "All right, fine. What do I need to do? I need exactly. Fortnite." So they go and they download it. And the effect that that can have is to teach people like, hey, that wasn't so hard. And so the mm-hmm. next company that does it doesn't need to be as popular as Fortnite because all those people who did it with Fortnite go, oh, so it's like Fortnite. Oh, well, I've done that once. That's not that scary or hard. Yeah, I'll totally do that. And that, that to it- me is is what I'm wondering is, will we see enough people imitating this that it becomes a trend?
1: And that's exactly what must be going through uh, the whoever is responsible for the Google Play Store. Uh, it, it's going through their mind. Of course, we're a few steps removed from that actually becoming real uh, at this point. But Fortnite is big enough that it could start a trend, um, maybe with other publishers of games. Because uh, what Tim Sweeney, uh, the, again the CEO of Epic Games, is saying is that the service that google is providing and apple uh through the their app stores isn't worth 30%. so i'll leave other people to debate whether or not that's the case but uh i'm certain that if they can if a company uh is big enough to handle the you know uh uh, uh the not the invoicing but the 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 payments and the customer service and mm-hmm. the delivery of assets and all of this I'm sure they wouldn't mind not having to pay 30% to uh, Google for this. And the uh, uh, games are, as we well know, the main revenue generator on app stores. So there are a few companies that I think make enough money. Uh, You know, small companies might benefit from the app store infrastructure. Bigger companies might think, well... We don't really need them do we? Things like, you know, big uh, mobile games like uh, Clash of Clans or uh, Candy Crush or these kinds of games. They might implement a dual uh, approach, maybe be present on the App Store and have a version that you can in- sideload and that will be cheaper. And given the openness of the rules of the Google Play Store, they might even tell people, "Hey, uh, I mean, in the version that they downloaded on the app, the, the the Play Store, if you want a special bundle of gems or whatever, just go to our website, install the launcher from us, and we'll give you a, a special price for uh, you know, 20 percent. Although I don't less. know if that
2: violates Google Play terms to send people away like that. So mm-hmm. it might be tricky.
1: They can be crafty. They can be clever. Perhaps. But perhaps.
2: Yeah, I, I think perhaps. If, if Android wants to get ahead of this, they should create a curated list. If this becomes a trend, they shouldn't do it right yes. now. But if this becomes a trend, they should create a curated list of like, hey, outside of the Google Play Store here, Google it blesses these as safe and secure. And then they could even start providing tools for smaller companies that want to try this on their own but don't have the full infrastructure. I mean, there's ways to mm-hmm. lean into this if it becomes a trend.
1: I, I think it would be uh, more beneficial to them to lower their cut if that becomes a trend to keep people in the place. Well, they could store. do
2: that too, yeah.
1: As well, yeah. But you also alluded to the question of security. Uh, Tim Sweeney is saying, well, it's like any other open OS. You can go on Windows and install uh, any application you want. But the big question about security then rears its ugly head back again. And which is better, being able to install anything at the risk of getting malware? I'm not sure, especially on mobile. So. I don't know. It's, it does, but it does open that question, we, which we were not really asking too much on mobile platforms or less and less.
3: Well, you know who's crafty and clever? People in our subreddits. That's right. Submit stories and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also, if you want to hang out on Facebook, we got a group. Facebook.com groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check
2: the mailbag, Sarah.
3: Let's do it. This one comes from Thomas. We love these accessibility emails. Honestly, at least I do anyway. Thomas says, as many of you are, I'm a tech enthusiast. I've taught myself much of what I know now. I'm mostly blind and I have been for about 11 years. Since then, I've struggled to keep my tech skills and knowledge up to date. And DTNS has been a great asset in that regard. Thomas, so glad to hear that. Goes on to say, though I may be the mi- minority, it'd be incredible to hear your thoughts on accessibility and existing or-, or emerging tech to help the blind. I'm in my final semester at my university. I have some assistive Technology, but to be honest, it feels as if assistive tech is twenty years behind the rest of the world. Any thoughts and then he says, "I used to be a gamer and would love to hear any ideas on accessibility in gaming as well.
2: yeah, we do cover assistive technology and accessibility uh, on this show. Uh, I, I feel like uh, more often than we used to, uh, so it 's not like it's it's not it 's not here we don 't put it in a special area." uh, or call attention to it. Uh, we just put it in the regular top stories. So, so listen for that. Uh, and folks, if you have stories that go to what Thomas is saying or, or theories or, or tips, uh, send them to us for uh, feedback at daily dot com. Thank you, Thomas for this. That's great.
1: Um, just wanted to mention there is a semi-famous uh, blind Street Fighter player, uh, the Street Fighter, the, the oh, yeah. fighting game. Um, and he actually got a, a win uh, a, a year ago. There, there, he was competing in actual tournament and got a few wins. Uh, he's, he's quite well known. So that might be of interest to you if you're interested in gaming.
2: Real quickly, before we're out of here, the uh, Snapchat or Snap Inc., I should say, uh, uh, earnings report came in. Uh, lost 3 million users over last quarter, although they have more daily active users, 8% more than last year. So still growing year over year, but down from last quarter, which is somewhat uh, concerning, I think. So
3: Uh, I mean, my Snapchat is a real ghost town. Mm. I actually posted something this morning, like, well, you know, maybe I'll get some some views, not very many.
2: Oh, and uh, Nth Mike uh, says there's a podcast about accessibility that I assume Enth Mike recommends, uh, relay.fm slash parallel.
3: Oh, excellent. Thomas, I hope that helps. If it does, uh, let us know. And, and thank you very much for the recommendation. And also, thank you to Patrick Beja for being with us as late as it is in Helsinki. <laughs> uh, we missed you last week. What has been going on?
1: Well, uh, if you enjoyed our discussions about uh, the gaming industry when we talked about uh, Fortnite, you might enjoy DTNS Labs Games, which we just recorded with our good friend Scott Johnson. It is kind of the extended version of that discussion and other topics uh, from the gaming industry. It's available to patrons of DTNS now and will go on the feed on Saturday, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tom.
2: Uh yes, if you are a uh if you are a Patreon subscriber to the Good Day internet feed, you already have it. Uh and if you're a Patreon and you go to Patreon.com slash DTNS, you can find it there. If you get the ad free version of DTNS through the the Patreon support, it will show up Saturday like it does in the public feed for everybody as well.
1: And uh, actually, you explained all of this, but this is kind of not going to be irrelevant. But DTNS Labs Games is graduating from the Labs section of DTNS and becoming its own show. All right. It's going to be called uh, MVGB for Monthly Video Game Briefing, which... I think it's quite clever. Or if
2: if you decide to go more often than monthly, multiple video game briefings.
3: Ooh, <laughs> oh, ooh, I was yes, with magnificent, uh,
1: magnificent
2: or uh, magnificent video game. That's even better. Yeah, I like that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, both both would work. So this is coming up in September, but for now, the latest episode is available on um, on the the
2: feed for patrons. Yep. So keep an ear out for that, uh, and thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon.com/slash/dtns.
3: Our email address is feedback at t- DailyTechNewsShow.com. We love your feedback. Keep it coming. Questions, comments, anything in between. We're also live Monday through Friday. If you can join us, we'd love to have you. 4.30 p.m. Eastern or 20.30 UTC and find out more at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live.
2: Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then.
3: Woo-hoo.
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Visit bankofamerica.com slash business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all.